Welcome, savvy investor, to Skyline Views. All right. Welcome to another episode of Skyline Views. I'm Chris Mills. My guest today is Dave Foster, a degreed accountant and serial real estate investor. Dave is a qualified intermediary and consultant who shares his tax-saving strategies with investors like you who want to maximize their returns. Dave, welcome to the show. Thanks, Chris. It's great to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's start by you telling us a little bit about yourself, your background, and your business. Yeah, well, after after that first mouthful, I just feel old. <laughs> yeah, I've uh, actually got my start as a qualified intermediary for 1031 exchanges by doing them for myself. Uh, because, I mean, I guess deal junkie might be a better way of describing me. Um, I love the puzzles. And so over the course of my real estate investing career, what I've seen and found is that there's so many different ways that each take a distinctly different approach if you're going to succeed. And so the joy for me is in wading through that puzzle to try and find the ways to put the deals together. And 20 plus years ago, when the 1031 exchange first became user-friendly, I looked at it and said, my gosh, there's a hundred ways to use this thing. I want to find them all and I want to use them all. And so that's how we got our start. And I ended up incorporating it, not just for myself, but for others as well. So I've dippled and dabbled in a whole lot of different sectors, always trying to keep an eye on the backside of things. Um, Because I think, and I'm sure you've heard this, right? That the old guy sitting in boots with more money than Davy Crockett says that everybody makes their money in real estate when they buy it. You buy it right, you're never going to lose money. But what I discovered was that equally important, you keep more of your money when you sell. So you got to really have an eye on both sides because in today's world, like you and I were saying at the beginning, Congress never met a tax they didn't like. And I think it was Jay Leno once that said that uh, you do want to avoid red, red flags with the IRS. Well, what's a red flag? For instance, when you've paid your taxes, and still have money in your bank account, that's a red flag. <laughs> so that's where I've lived. Very good. Absolutely. Um, before we dive into this act that we're talking about today, uh, can you briefly recap for folks what a uh, typical 1031 exchange looks like? Yeah. So a 1031 exchange is really nothing more for the investor than a sale of a piece of appreciated real estate or real estate that has been highly depreciated. So that either way, there would be a big tax burden if they sell. And they follow that, a process, and then purchase other investment real estate. And by so doing, they get to indefinitely defer the payment of that tax. And so the impact of that is that, let's say you made a couple hundred thousand dollars. Well, that could easily be a twenty dollars to $50,000 tax bill. And instead of having to pay that, simply by following this process, you get to invest that $50,000 for your benefit. So you get to get it. So it's a way of, of actually accessing compound interest. You're making money off of the deferred tax, which then leads you to more deferred tax, more income coming in, 
And Albert Einstein had it right when he said that compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. Mm -hmm. And those who understand it will benefit from it. Those who don't are going to pay for it. And that's really, in essence, what the 1031 exchange is. It's just a sale followed by a purchase that lets you defer the tax indefinitely. Yeah, I love it. And it's like a financial momentum almost, kind of you know, like what you were saying with the Einstein quote. It's great. So the Foreign Investment in Real Property Transfer Act, it's a federal law requiring withholding on sales proceeds of US real estate by foreign persons. So can you kind of flush that out, the English version for us? And, uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, go ahead. Um, that's actually, again, on the same premise that Congress not only never met a tax they didn't like, but they the only thing they hate worse is watching US dollars leave the US. And so for decades and decades and decades, there was this loophole, if you will, that you could drive a semi-truck through where you and I would buy real estate, sell real estate, pay tax. But foreign investors, someone from Ireland could come over here, buy property all day long. And as long as they were a non-US tax filing citizen, the money would disappear back to Ireland along with the tax. So 20 or 30 years ago, the FERPTA Act was created to encourage, highly encourage foreign investors to file a tax return and pay the tax that would be due. And the way that they, the way that the IRS did that was they decided to create a withholding on real estate sales by non-US citizens. Now it's not an actual tax itself. It's a withholding that the US, the non-US based taxpayer can get back if they file a tax return and pay whatever taxes due but it's withheld regardless of if there's profit or not. So it can be kind of painful for a foreign investor. It started out as 10%, it's now 15%. Mm -hmm. So someone from Great Britain that owns a $300,000 property here and sells it is gonna leave $45,000 with the IRS upon sale. Whether or not they even make a penny in real profit. So it strongly encourages them to file a tax return. The problem is that it's not as easy as you think to file a tax return as a non-US citizen. And it can get kind of messy and kind of expensive and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So there are a couple exceptions to FERPTA that our foreign investors will typically take advantage of. The first one is that if the sale of the property is less than $300,000, and if the buyer of the property certifies that they're going to reside in it as their primary residence, then FERPTA does not have to be withheld. Well, now that's that's would be kind of a neat deal, but the problem with that is that with FERPTA, it is the buyer's liability to withhold the tax. So if something ever happened and that foreign citizen is gone, the buyer of that property is on the hook for that full amount. So a $300,000 sale, that buyer could end up writing a check for $45,000 to the government. So what we see is that 
most buyers' properties, even if they're going to live in them, will not sign the affidavit because they don't want to be on the hook for any more than they are. So the only other option to get rid of FERP withholding is to do a 1031 exchange because the 1031 exchange is for investment property. And so the foreign investors that buy vacation rentals in Disney or you know, property or farmland in Ohio or whatever, they're using that for investment. So the 1031 exchange is available to them. And that's been a huge boon to foreign investors. So in the, you know, let's, let's flush out how this plays out because I think that would imply that a uh, foreign seller in a 1031 exchange scenario needs to actually bring money to the table for that withholding, correct? Actually, if you're doing a 10, yeah. If they're not doing a 1031 exchange, that for withholding is just taken out of the proceeds. Mm -hmm. So you sell it for 300, but they're walking away with 245, 255. So when you do a 1031 exchange, there's no recognition of gain. And when they do it within the FERPTA framework, then FERPTA is waived. But there are some caveats to that. There are some catches. So first of all, you have to understand that part of the 1031 statute is that the U.S. investor sells in the U.S. and can buy anywhere in the U.S. and several U.S. territories for the replacement property. So it's U.S. for U.S. or a U.S.-based taxpayer can sell foreign property and purchase other foreign property. What they can't do is like sell in the Dominican Republic and buy in Virginia. So it's US to US, foreign to foreign. With a FERPTA 1031, it's a foreign investor. They are not allowed to purchase anything outside the United States. So it is the 50 US states for any other property in the 50 US states. Obviously it's an element of control because as soon as the money or property leave the United States, it's out of the United States control. So it has to be, the 1031 has to be completely within the 50 US states. That's number one. Number two is that there's only two options to make the 1031 work. And the first one is if the foreign seller gets what is called a certificate of non-withholding from the IRS. Now, this is an application to the IRS where they're saying, I'm gonna sell this property. Here's what we're gonna make. Here's what I'm going to buy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then the IRS gives you approval and permission. The problem is that even pre-COVID, these things were taking 90 to 120 days to get approved. And there's a lot of information that you really don't even know until much closer to the sale. So it just really is not practical in most cases to go that route. So that leaves foreign owners with one option. And that is to do what is called a simultaneous exchange. Now, these happen in the US as well. A simultaneous 1031 exchange is nothing more than where the sale and the purchase are both already lined up ahead of time and they occur within two or three days of each other so that the proceeds from the sale 
uh, at whatever attorney or title company they're with flow directly to the closing of the new property. And that, along with some liability language, along with some 1031 language, and some treatments on the settlement statements, allows the non-US investor to complete the 1031. But as you can imagine, lining up both sale and purchase closely together like that is not as easy as you think always. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's hard enough for, for us to do it here uh, you know, as you know, US citizens and imagine being across the pond trying to do it from over there. Yeah, practically impossible. If they do not complete their 1031, we as the QI, the qualified intermediary, are responsible to withhold the full amount of FERPTA. So the IRS is pretty serious about it. Yeah. Yeah. Very unforgiving. You know, whether it's, you know, there's no oops or, or here it is on day 46 kind of thing. Like, no, they're, they're, uh, they're going to get their money, you know, <laughs> for sure. Exactly. Uh, any other rules or stipulations, maybe details around these withholding certificates? Um, I know they're pretty uh, uh, beefy in themselves. It's not a simple little form, right? Yeah, it's really not. What it's actually given rise to in the country is this whole cottage industry of CPAs who only deal with foreign investors. It's been really curious to me to watch that happen hmm. uh, because you think about it from a marketing perspective, the available market demographic for US-based taxpayers is huge. But the amount of foreign investment in real estate in the US has grown so dramatically. It's kept pace and actually exceeded the real estate ownership of US citizens hmm. over the last 15, 20 years. So it's, it's just a huge demographic out there. And because these types of applications, as well as non-US-based tax returns and employee withholdings and regular SEC filings, all those types of things are so onerous that the industry of a CPA that only deals with foreign investors has risen up and they're all staying really busy because hmm. it does say, take some time. So we usually recommend to people, if you've got six months, sure. Let's get, with a CPA, get you with a CPA. Let's file the application, see what it works. But you better not, it's one of those things, I guess, where I say, Chris, you can hope for it, but don't plan on it. Yeah. 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 Very good. Um, so let's see, any, any other pieces of this thing that, that we might be missing? I know it's relatively complex and we're covering in a, a podcast but uh, any other pieces of advice that uh, anyone who might be in this situation, um, again, hopefully they have the amount of time to think things all the way through and they're, they're not in a rush. Any other considerations we, aren't, uh, we haven't covered yet? Well, the one thing for those of you who are watching this podcast, who are foreign investors, there's some, some calculations that you really need to do ahead of time because there's a, a three-way comparison of letting FERPTA come out, going back to wherever I'm from, not bothering to try and file a tax return. That's one option. And sometimes depending on your situation, that might be your best option. And let the FERPTA just go into that black hole where it does whatever it does. 
you know, the second option would be to let firm to be withheld, but then do the tax return. Now, you do that if you actually had an investing sector, climate, product, or direction that you wanted to go that was not US-based real estate. I mean, you're gonna lose 15%, but a 15% opportunity cost to get into the right sector. You know, if things are booming back home. I, I, I come back to Ireland because I've been doing some, some reading on that lately, but the economy in Ireland has just, it's been such a picture of boom and bust. And if you happen to catch it at a boom time, 50% opportunity cost to get into it's nothing. Mm-hmm. But you get into it at the wrong time and you lose 15% on the FERPTA, whoops, that's one of those oops things. Right. So, but that is an option you've got to, um, you know, compare those two. And then the third one would be, what am I going to save if I stay in US real estate, whether it's active or passive real estate? From a return point of view, how much of a lower return can I can I accept in exchange for keeping 15% of my capital at work for me? Mm-hmm. And I think what you'll find is that generally you can actually take quite a hit on return for the sake of keeping another 15% working for you. Mm-hmm. You start to blend those rates together and you start to see that, well, yeah, because everybody's scared right now, right? Where's real estate going? I don't want to overpay. Um, appreciation has been so great that I can't make any money on rental anymore. The vacation rental market's flooded. You know, there's a dozen reasons why the sky is falling. But compare where the sky can really fall versus just giving up 15% and investing the rest. And you start to say, well, maybe I could withstand a little bit of a correction. Absolutely. 15%, if you think about it, because uh, we were talking about that compound interest before, right? 15% off the top of your principal is a big hit uh, compared to, you know, a few basis points on return, you know, give or take. So Right. Yeah. Because remember, it's not 15% on your profit. It's 15% on the sales price. Right. So you're actually taking a thing for the original capital that you put in to buy it. Mm-hmm. And most of the foreign investors are cash buyers. Yeah. So they're just dipping into their pockets for their original capital mm-hmm. to give to the government, which you and I appreciate the gift. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I'd rather they didn't have to do that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't think anyone, uh, I think that's a last resort for everyone. Uh, so Dave, very educational stuff here. Uh, are there any resources you would uh, point someone to as we close out? Yeah, absolutely. We actually keep an entire education portal. Whether you're a foreign-based investor or a U.S.-based investor, there's opportunities to, to use the 1031 exchange strategically no matter where you're trying to get to. And that's where I've tried to make it a practice to live. It's Yes, it's just a paper tool that you use, but it's how you use the tool that's so important. You know, like I always said, you can do a ton of electrical work if you can just go find a bigger hammer. <laughs> it's all about the tool. So 
the 1031investor.com, T-H-E, 1031investor.com. We have a whole YouTube series of videos for both the foreign and U.S.-based taxpayer, articles, calculators. I'd encourage you to go visit because the opportunity over the course of your lifetime to use those tax dollars for yourself for life. And then actually for now, at least, as a legacy to your children, tax-free is an opportunity that you don't want to ignore. Hmm. I agree. I agree. Uh, so lastly, how can uh, anyone reach you if they have uh, more questions or want to begin the process? Same site, the1031investor.com. And uh, we'd love to help however we can. All right. Very good, Dave. Thank you so much for your time today. Appreciate it. You bet. Thank you for listening to another episode of Skyline Views with Chris Mills. We hope you found this valuable and useful. Feel free to share it with friends or family that could benefit as well. Please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss anything. We really appreciate it. Also, we'd love to hear from you. Connect with us through thehaneycompany.com. See you next time. The information provided in this episode is not intended as specific tax or legal advice and may not be relied upon for purposes of avoiding any federal tax penalties. Skyline Views, The Haney Company, their employees and representatives are not authorized to give tax or legal advice. Individuals are advised to seek advice from their own tax or legal counsel. Individuals involved in the estate planning process should work with an estate planning team, including their own personal legal or tax counsel. The information provided here does not constitute personal financial advice, but is meant for the conveyance of information for educational purposes only. All investing involves risk, including the risk of loss. Past performance is not indicative of future returns. Guarantees are backed by the claims-paying ability of the insurer. Christopher Mills is a registered representative of Coastal Equities Incorporated and an investment advisor representative of Coastal Investment Advisors Incorporated. Neither Coastal Equities Incorporated nor Coastal Investment Advisors Incorporated is affiliated with Skyline Views or The Haney Company. Advisory services are offered through Coastal Investment Advisors Incorporated, a U.S. SEC registered investment advisor, and securities are offered through Coastal Equities Incorporated. Member FINRA SIPC, 1201 North Orange Street, Suite 729, Wilmington, Delaware, 19801.